0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Wisden Cricket Weekly Podcast in association with Betfair. Australia will fly back from England with the ashes for the first time since 2001. By winning the Old Trafford Test, they will at the very least retain the urn, becoming only the third side to do so away from home this century. I'm Yaz Rahner and today we'll be looking back at what's gone wrong for England and right for Australia, as well as looking ahead to the final test of the summer at the Oval. Helping me do that will be the Editor-in-Chief of the Wizard Cricket Monthly, Phil Walker. Hey. Hello, Phil. Afternoon, Yes. And a man who knows a thing or two about winning Ashes series, both home and away, Betfair ambassador, Graeme Swan. Hello, guys. Hello,
1: Phil. Hello, mate. Lovely to have you with us, Graeme. Lovely to be here.
0: So, Swanee, are you surprised that Australia have retained the Ashes with a test of spare?
1: Um, I'm disappointed. I'm not entirely surprised um, because I've watched the games. And and to be honest, if Steve Smith um, had an English passport, um, England would have won the Ashes by now pure and simple he's been the difference between the two teams both batting lineups have been I think shoddy is a nice word for him in test cricket's um, terms four tests get few runs that they've got collectively the bowlers have been brilliant for both teams Steve Smith has been stellar there you go end of podcast can,
2: <laughs> can you can you explain the Steve Smith phenomenon yep. any better than anyone else yes I can Better than everyone else.
1: Go for it in, then. In, in this room. So Steve <laughs> so Smith, in this room. Steve Smith's genius lies in the fact that he's got an iffy technique, iffy looking technique that's actually very solid. And by shuffling in front of his stumps, he convinces teams to change what the plan that works for every world class player. Mm. Every world class player you bowl at, you bowl the top of off and you try and get a bit of movement with the ball. We simply don't do it. Long enough with Steve Smith change about fifteen minutes well that's right, but what he does he comes out and because he 's got a weight of runs behind him, he is confident enough to try and dominate attacks, and he tries to if you watch him, he tries to get a big drive away early in his in' mm-hmm. a pull shot away to get the bowler thinking right i 've not got much margin for error. Mm-hmm. some of the best players in the world are the same, Ricky Ponting exactly the same. get a big drive away, get a pull, make the bowlers realize they're on the back foot as a bowler if you 're bowling at anyone, if you 're not thinking solely. Six balls, i can land it in, ball through the gate, can do this, whatever. He's winning the battle. What, what? And what Steve Smith does is make people think differently and think, oh, Christ, put them on the back foot and then change their plan because he's got 20 runs quickly. And you go, oh, he, he doesn't miss it. On, and they bowl middle and leg and then everyone plays into his hands for the next or however long he wants to bat, basically.
0: Why Why do you think that someone experienced experiences Stuart Broad, for example, isn't keeping it simple?
1: It's not, it's the team plan. You, Stuart Broad, if you told him to bowl top of off all day, he would. But the team plan, obviously, when they... At Lord's, when it was under the lights and we were doing everything, he went out to bat, there was a leg gully within two balls. I mean, you don't bowl the top of off and nip it round without three slips in the gully. You know, his massive Achilles heel, Steve Smith, is a swinging ball from delivered by a world-class swing bowler, which Jimmy Anderson is. Because if you're just facing a way swing all day, yeah, it's tricky to bat against. But if you're facing someone of Jimmy's class who can, without any discernible change, bowl a massive in-swing or a bigger away swinger, he gets Steve Smith out for fun. So the last Ashes in this series, if you look at the results, over five tests, Steve Smith seemly, seemingly had a good Ashes series. The three tests that England won, when the ball moved and swung around, he averaged about four and a half. The two games it didn't, he got double 100 and 180. It's very simple. If we haven't got world-class ring ball like Jimmy, then we're screwed against him at the minute because we tried too
2: differently to uh, funk it up. Can I ask you then about Joffre on that first morning at Old Trafford um, who yeah. was down on pace, down on on vibe, on attitude a little bit. Yeah. And it seemed odd when this is Australia very, were 22. Yeah.
1: It's very simple to explain, I think. Joffre Archer is a world-class strike bowler. One of the most exciting things to happen to English cricket for a long time. Straight away, within two test matches of his career, he's been treated like an England seamer of the past. He's bowled 24 overs a day, 25 overs a day. He should be used. Like Mitchell Johnson was at the back end of his career. Australia used to bowl him like nine, ten overs a day. Michael Clark could bring him on. If in two overs he didn't have a wicket, take him off. The other seamers have bowled the majority of overs. Your spinner has to bowl more overs if you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Jofra could be 95 miles an hour for the next ten years. But he's bowled that many overs. He bowled too many at Lords when they were trying to push for that victory. And that has a knock-on effect. He is knackered. Trust me. These games come so closely together, and they're so demanding, mentally and physically. If he still had the verve and vigour on that morning at Old Trafford that he did in that Lords gloom, I'd have been shocked
0: but he took he took 6 for 45 bowling fast medium essentially in the in the second test third test match rather um so it seemed that he 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 can be very effective not bowling 95 miles per hour yeah but
1: what, what do you want when you've got someone who can be 100 miles an hour day mm. in day out why would you want him to bowl fast medium he got 6 for that day he didn't get 6 for old trafford when he did oh. why would you thwart? why would you back joe root at 3 when he can get millions of runs at 4 mm. why would you back Johnny Bester and Joss <laughs> out of position when they could swap and be doubly as effective. It's muddle been, thinking, I think. Right. Thinking.
2: There's been a lot of, of those kinds of terms, especially on Twitter this morning, as you, we come to expect anyway on that sort of platform. But there have been a lot of people saying that it's been muddle thinking, bad planning, administrators have got to look at themselves. Blame, <laughs> um, blame, blame. Blame, blame, blame. Yeah, blame. yeah. And th- there is always that knee-jerk yeah. element to it. How much sympathy have you got for that kind of, kind of position that people have taken up? I tell you, I, I'm not... I don't think you should blame individuals whatsoever. This whole thing about
1: Joe's not a good captain, so get rid of Joe. Joe isn't a good captain because England have lost his ashes. Joe's not a natural captain. Joe was brilliant when he came in the team as a young, cheeky whippersnapper. He was like a, a little thingy of a brother who mm-hmm. messed around, like practical jokes, laughing and joking, having quips. And he took that into his batting and he enjoyed his batting. He loved cricket. By being captain, and I said this at the time. I remember you saying. This will blunt Joe because he has to be grown up and responsible. And he is. You see him now. And he speaks very well. And his tone of his voice has even dropped. He's even trying to be authoritative. That's not him. Mm-hmm. And so that has thwarted his output. Even though that at the time his figures stayed similar for a while. I bet they're not now. No. He's, and then He's he
2: dropped 12 per innings, from And then this,
1: to this well. joke of batting him at three. And I, I think it is a joke.
0: What? Because, why, why do you because think
1: Because. Australia said their best player about three and we didn't have a number three Joe Root's our best player put him at three if Lionel Messi is playing in your football team you don't play him at centre back you play him at number ten because he's the best player in the world at that position and he'll score goals if he's a centre half Dimitri uh, Mitrovic sorry will rise above him and nod at him
2: it's just that's what I think is there a profound difference between three and four then
1: I don't think it's as big as it used to be because no opening batsman seems to bat past no, four overs sure. these days. Jason
0: but, Ryan in the first over. Okay. But, but
1: but he's not a number three. It's it, can be, it might be a mental thing. It might be anything. He's a number four who churn, He used to churn out runs at number four, was happy at four. Mm-hmm. But this clamour for him to bat three and the external pressure from the press, from the selectors, from everyone. And when he was made three at the start of this series, the very fact that England will be talking to Joe Rude to see if he wants to bat three is on a and a rolling headline on Sky Sports, yeah, it means that it's, he did not want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, and this statement of intent by he's good about three. Yep, was that like a, a bravado thing, like saying the Aussies we're not good? Joe about three. If I was an Australian, I'd have been loving that. You had a whiff of it. Yeah, absolutely sure. brilliant. Staying,
0: staying on 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 route for a, for a second. You you said you've long not been an advocate for him being captain. Not many captains survive two Ashes defeats as skipper. Would you? keep him as captain and uh, if not who do you replace him with
1: I certainly wouldn't sack him because England have lost two ashes England th- lost this ashes that's not going to achieve anything whatsoever yeah I'd, I'd get a, a time machine and go back and convince him I'd, and when I say he shouldn't be captain I'd love Joe he's a brilliant player and I'd love spending time and playing and and everything that comes to it's coming with it and I'm not saying he didn't deserve to be made captain he was our best player we're English we make our best player captain that's how we do it. It very seldom turns out well. If you think it like the the biggest names who've been made captain, both them, Flintoff, Peterson, all absolute flops of skippers, and because it took away from their natural game.
2: In which case, so Stokes as an alternative would be not even yeah, consider for I, a second.
1: I heard that the day after that match at Henley, make him captain. Hundred fifty. Yeah, he took a lot of balls to get in. He's okay. sensible.
2: No, so, I agree. So, yeah. you strike Stokes off before you even begin the conversation. Yeah. So, taking it down the line and maybe… Viable alternatives. Indeed, yeah. yeah. Mutual consent. Joe shakes hands with the, the bosses yeah. and they go their separate ways. And Joe yeah. goes back to being our best player. Who's next?
1: Well, that's a that's a tricky question. But it did, that at the time, I remember saying this. Just because he's, like, the best bad fit… Mm-hmm. Doesn't make him the ideal candidate because sure. of what it'd do to the overall his overall output, which basically is what makes England tick. Mm-hmm. Australia have proven in this series that if one player, a world-class player, has a stellar series, he can win the. He's won the Ashes single-handedly with the bat. Mm-hmm. for Australia, their bowlers have been brilliant. Both bowling teams have sort of negated the other, the seamers. He has been the standout batsman, and it's meant that Australia have always been in dominant positions.
0: So i that simple I've got a captaincy suggestion but you yeah. know far better than me on this man's suitability so I think Stuart Broad should be a temporary captain so hear me out here for the no, reasons no, a thousand percent I'm with so you so for the reasons that you said I don't think he should be captain the reason you said I don't think Stoke should be captain I don't think Butler should be captain when his position in the team isn't guaranteed he's also not played that much red Bull cricket as well yeah. so he doesn't have the experience but a test captain should have of playing red Bull cricket Give it Stuart Broad. Stuart Broad has been bowling better this summer than he has been for years for England. Australia have just won an away Ashes series with essentially a caretaker captain. Um, do you think? Do you think? You could Broad argue that
1: they didn't have a caretaker. Steve Smith did the job <laughs> himself. But do you, do you think
0: you know him better than most people? Do you think Broad could do it?
1: I think Broadie would have been a great job, a great man for for the interim at the time that Joe was made. I don't think long term it's ideal because. It doesn't just, have to be long term. No, it doesn't have to be, but I, I think it would be far easier to say, right? This test team needs to find an identity. Needs to find an ethos, like the one day team did four years ago. The one day team were slumped, had absolute chumps and slumps of the world because we were useless. We played an old fashioned game with players who just weren't ideal for one day cricket. Straussy drew a line under that. Owen Morgan was given carte blanche to do what he wanted to get this team the best team in the world. They developed an identity, ultra-aggressive, whatever you say, with the right players playing and they're world champions. This testing doesn't have anything like as clear way of playing the game. So it'd be very easy if you said, right, we're going to pick a captain and say, this is how we want to play. If it means getting a Mike Brillian, so not a world-class player who's a brilliant captain saying, what would you do here? We'll pick the six most boring obstinate batsman in the world and we're going to play an old-fashioned game and our bowlers or are we going to if we pick one day players for our team if we get caught up in the emotion and pick Jason Roy to play how are we going to get the best out of him what would be the best play? bat him at five and I would say bat him at five and say go out there and be ultra aggressive mm-hmm. and I say to Josh Butler you were picked in this team they said at the time and they picked him we want him to bring his one day genius and turn test matches he's never done that he can't do that at five if he's at 7 and Shepherd entails, tails he could get 100 off 50 balls rather than the other way around so if you come up with a clear ethos and way of playing the game then I think a, a captain will emerge from that rather than say well let's get Brody to do it for a couple of years because um, there's no viable alternative basically he's, Brody would be the best of a bad choice but I think Brody would have been a very good test captain
2: mm. but England won't do it because he's a bowler If we're talking then about the search for a new, for an identity in this test team that can mirror the identity that's built up in the one-day side, then are we moving back to that question again about the coach and whether we need to split this role, right? I'd, I'd, I'd be...
1: It wouldn't bother me whatsoever if I had two coaches because one-day cricket and test cricket are chalk and cheese. They really are. Yeah, increasingly so. And it's increasingly and you, so. And you're seeing that now. Because test players don't tend to play one-day cricket now, you get a lot of very high scores in one-day games. And the batters, and when it does a bit in one-day cricket, teams get rolled for next to nothing. Mm-hmm. But it's very easy in a one-day game. You don't very often get wickets that do everything with a or a ball. Mm-hmm. When one-day players, because of stellar World Cups against a white ball, Jason Roy is a world-class opening batsman against the a white ball, a kookaburra that does nothing. Mm. He's well, I loved his World Cup. He was picked on the sort of the euphoria, euphoria that was sweeping the nation, thinking, well, why didn't he do that against the Red Bull? People who know cricket, people who play cricket, would tell you why not. Mm-hmm. People who've opened the batting mm-hmm. would go, he's not going to do well. And I, I, I really feel sorry for Jason Roy because I think he's a great lad and a brilliant player. Okay. He was asked to do a job that he just... His technique... And his whole upbringing in cricket is not designed for. Yeah, so he
2: was he was on the, the the rough end of a bit of hubris, probably by the selectors, as you say, getting carried away in the euphoria yeah. of the World Cup. So, with Jason Roy, irrespective of what happens here at the Oval in the next few days, bearing in mind that they go and play uh, abroad, I think they play eight Test matches over, maybe seven, maybe eight Test matches over the winter against a Kookaburra ball. Yeah. Conversely, he's got more chance of getting getting runs away from home than he has yep. in England. So do you stick with him and try and develop that test side of his game to come back next summer as potentially a more rounded player? Or do we say the this, this disciplines are so vastly different that we just have to shake hands on this experiment? I'll
1: tell you what, if he was ever asked to open the batting again, I'd say never play. <laughs> never play, never put the poor bloke in that opportunity where he yeah. has to do it again. Yeah. Because what's annoying me about the backlash at the minute is people start questioning Jason Roy as a bloke and and, all the, and st- you, still you get that nonsense. You, but you forget that a month ago he was lauded as you know mm-hmm. the savior of one day cricket and he was brilliant. The one day game he didn't play for England. We lost when he came back, rediscovered vigor. If he's going to be in the Test team and going to play against the Cookborough ball, he is a blatant number five to me. Joe Root is a four. Sort your top order, whoever, we'll come to that in a minute. But <laughs> if, if, if if you're going to play him and you're going to say, you know, go out and, and blitz the ball, I'd say don't bat like a. you think a test player should. So, go out there and blitz the thing. Yep. Smash so, balls, put them on the back foot, get 160 balls. We yeah.
0: I mean, so I was going to ask, so England haven't been able to replace Andrew Strauss for seven years. It took England six summers to even field a specialist spinner in a home test after you retired. England's only automatic pick in the pace department is uh, under the age of thirty. Is a guy developed a million miles away from the England pathway system. You can see where I'm getting at. England simply aren't producing and haven't for a while top level test cricketers. So that's going to force selectors to to do things that are a little bit out of the box, box like opening with.
1: Yeah, one. it is. But when it was so obvious to everyone in cricket that that was a massive risk, a massive risk to do. Yeah, but, but, but why does it? It doesn't force the selectors to do that. The selectors know the game better, or are supposed to know the game better than we do. If the county system isn't producing batsmen capable of Test cricket, why aren't the why isn't there a forum being held about that? Why aren't the county coaches huddled in a room? So what are you doing? You all got level four, get batsmen. Why aren't the best players we've ever had in why Cookie and going around the country forming a new alliance of Test batsmen?
0: So why why do so. you why do you think that we're not producing those players? Because
1: though? county cricket is is softer than it was. There's this. I, I cannot understand this incredibly stupid argument going around at the minute that it's because we only play at the start and the end of the season why we haven't got a good batsman Jesus Christ that's when you need to be a good batsman John Carr used to have a thousand runs by the end of May every year mm-hmm. we used to you know people Wayne Larkins used to get a hundred every first game of the season batsmen now if they team, well it's the start of the season it's doing a bit so I'll average 20 I'll, I'll catch up in the middle of the season I don't want players like that I don't want people who get runs when it's easy test cricket's not easy against these bowlers I want them to clean up in April who's doing that county cricket
2: let's, let's bring o- Olly Pope into the equation right we were talking before the show Cook was 21 when he came into the yeah. side Joe was 21 maybe 22 yeah. but around that age Ian Bell again 21 year old made his yeah. career as a test player yeah. learnt the game as a yeah. test player right? Olly Pope averages 54 uh, no more than that now I, in I fact, think he, cause he made a big he hundred here last, last week he's clearly the best young player in the country uh, certainly statistically yeah. so why isn't he going to be playing at the Iowa next week I, I couldn't answer that it's stupid that he's not yeah I, I think those top three places Rory
1: Burns has done well but he hasn't he hasn't been brilliant because he's not you know, every game mm-hmm. he doesn't look in the first over like this kid's not going to get out but I, I, I'll take my hat off to him he's done he's done well in this ashes so to average 40
0: he, against that attack take your hat off to him yeah
1: oh. but it, it should be par for the course to average 40 against that attack He's not had a start. That should be an average ashes for him. And if he, I think he'll improve. I think he'll go on to be a very good Do over the bat. I've not, you. I've not got, I've not got too many worries about him. Okay, it's two and three, those mm. spots. Mm. Joe can't get Joe out of three, please, mm-hmm. for goodness sake, for for our benefit and his benefit. I, I need to be convinced that there's a Jonathan Trott coming up. Like you say, Ian Bell. Ian Bell at 15 years old, everyone who's seen him and everyone at Warwickshire knew he was going to play Test cricket for England.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
1: like technique wise and if people with techniques that don't work against a red ball are coming through the system just because oh well he'll be a one day player and counties aren't picking up on it it, what are the counties doing? I think knowing Straussy, I mean what he did with one day cricket after 2015 he said right our focus is winning that World Cup and I think the Aussies said conversely our focus is winning this Mm. this Ashes Mm. we need to focus I'd be more than happy to split the two because they're two different games and say we need to get quality, top-class batsmen. Maybe it's just because, at the minute, we're just unlucky with the circular motion of players. I mean, when I played, we were incredibly lucky to have a top six of Cook, Strauss, um, Trot, Peterson, Bell, Collingwood, Pryor. Jesus Christ, that's a brilliant seven.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, funnily enough. Was that a reflection of a healthy... Structural game, or was that a moment in time? Um, it's a nod to the South African school system. <laughs> <tell you
1: that>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, 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 a lot of it's right place, right? So, look at the Aussie batting lines when Stuart Law couldn't get a game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and look at the Aussie top six now, and mm. maybe it's uh because of the times you live in, in the one day, um, techniques have crept in. Mike Cursey couldn't get a game for 10 years, maybe mm, so,
2: 30,
1: yeah, um. Maybe it's just a worldwide phenomenon that one that there's so much focus on T20 and making a quick, fast buck that people aren't putting the hours in. If I was a young English batsman now, I'd be seeing a massive gaping opportunity thinking, right, that's me. Yep. yep. Play test cricket for 10 years, you'll be as rich as you are if you play three years of IPL. You mm-hmm. don't have to be a um, chancellor of the exchequer to work that out. Actually, you probably would be. Um, <laughs> who's
0: doing it today? <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on the England coach role, Trevor Bayliss is leaving in the ashes. Uh, who, who would you like to see in the, in the main role? Um,
1: I, I honestly don't know. I, I think someone who'd go in and and just be very clear about what's the way to move forward. So whoever that is, whoever um, stands out. Um, I know people are touting Alex Stewart too. I think Stewart would be brilliant. I'd be a very clear way of thinking. It'd be a, um, you know, it's uh, a, a, a a role that would be steeped in England, if that makes sense. Stewie mm-hmm. is English cricket, and not so, he? So know, he knows England cricket. But. He'd
2: be a popular choice as well amongst the rank and file, wouldn't he, yeah. Stewie? And he obviously guarantees authority and he's got a medal or two behind him as well yeah. as a coach. He's also he's a belt and braces kind of coach. I know he's, yeah. his official role is director of cricket or whatever, but he is out there working as the I mean, yes. a coach. Tracksuit coach, is he? Tracksuit coach, yeah. But he, he, I,
1: I think if he came forward and said, was asked to do it and said, I think this is what we should do, and it was a clear, concise. and these are the players to fill the role. Then, yeah, whoever did that. I mean, personally, I'd love it because I love Stewie; he's a great bloke. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there was a, a better candidate, I wouldn't care if he's English, Australian, Chinese, Japanese, wherever, if he's somewhere in the world right. who knew how to do it and knew the best thing for this team, and formed an identity or went in with a firm intention of forming a clear identity for the team. Um,
2: then let him do it. And what about inside the dressing room? Inside the, the England dressing room, if you're being coached, I mean, I guess in, in your case, you know, there, there were two foreign coaches around the time that you were involved. One you got on with slightly better than the other, arguably. <laughs> um, does it matter at all? Because I know Ashley Giles said at the start of the, the summer, ideally he would be an English coach.
1: Um, I think it's ideally would be an English coach because you'd want an English system to bring through a coach. Ideally, you'd have 11 players born and raised in English cricket, and you wouldn't have to get people who moved over from Barbados, from South Africa, from Australia, whatever. Um, yeah, because you want, you want to feel like you're pure in a way and you know. You're in a reflection, a reflection. Of the system, but yeah. But honestly, when you're playing the game, I never stopped and thought it's a good job. I, I, I can't believe Jonathan Chop's in the team. <laughs> mm. Yeah, talking like this. Yeah, you can't even. I mean, you don't. What's if that? you're winning, if you're playing a game and winning, and you've got brilliant, world class players to pick from, you pick them. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's it so I don't care if the coach is you know, black and blue with red spots
0: Yeah. so go, going backwards a little bit uh, you've mentioned Strauss quite a few times on yeah. the show already A what made him such a good captain and B what difference does it make as a player having a captain that you really look up to um, and respect
1: well I do often speaking, and my jokey response is you should always have the most intelligent bloke in the room um, and that's Straussy. because <laughs> even subconsciously if you don't agree with him you're going yeah he's probably right though Um <laughs> And, and, and Strauss was just a, a brilliant, he was born, he's a born lead. He listened to him talk. He doesn't um and err. Uh, he just, he's very clear and concise. And he was just born to lead.
2: Is and oratory a key part of this? Yeah, then?
1: it is. And it's in a change room. It's having the authority to stand up in front of your peers. Because you're not 10 years old like in a club team. You're not yeah. the bloke who's done the T's the longest. Yeah. Or, um, stand up in front of your peers, tell them what you're going to do. And everyone in the room just accepts it. And, and I used to I mean sometimes Strauss would talk to me and I'd go that's, that's wrong in the, in my head mm-hmm. but I think who am I to argue sort of thing right um, but, he, but he also made me always feel that I was in complete control with the ball well, I was he gave me my mm-hmm. um, my my field to set that was it so so he had he, authority but he gave me he had, liberty he had to, authority to express and, as well. and he's a very likeable bloke and he's just and we were winning as yeah, well and when you're key. winning I mean you could have a chicken captain, you would clock in from second slip. If you're winning, you'd think he was the greatest captain in the world.
2: Can I give you three three names who were in the mix, uh, according to the bookies, for Bayliss's replacement? Stephen Fleming, Gary Kirsten, Mickey Arthur. Give me your thoughts on those three.
1: Mickey Arthur's a genius. Right. And I'll tell you why. The South Africans, when the whole KP, gate and and all that, that was masterminded by him. I'm, sh- I'm convinced of it. <laughs> the charm offensive, those boys went Allegedly. on toward, towards Kev that summer, that yeah. he fall, fell for <laughs> hook, line and sinker. I, th- I, I like to think that like that he's a bit of a Machiavellian right genius. He sat there and thought he knew how to split us down the middle and it worked. Right. So, Mickey, I'm, I I like yeah, Mickey, if you're listening, I reckon that was, you were behind that. You were the, you were the doctor he's, no sort of thing. He's got great facial expressions as well. <laughs> <So> he's, <laughs> a, he's, a, he's, he's a brilliant He's opposite bloke. of Bay- Bayless. He's a lovely bloke. Um, Fleming, I love Steve Fleming. He's my captain at uh, mm. He's the best captain I've ever played under very similar to Strauss in that way he had ultimate respect and I think he got the most out of uh, a New Zealand team. New Zealand now have got a lot of good players. They didn't have that many good players when yeah. Lane was in charge and he got loads out of them and he's um, just one of the most respected men in world cricket. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Kirsten? Gary Kirsten. I don't know Gary that well but he's a, he's got a great track record yeah, and he was a brilliant player. Yeah. Um, if one of them came in I think maybe an outside coach would be the bookie's favourite because they think he will come in with a new ethos so right, like, this is what we're doing mm-hmm. whereas someone from England would be um, tarnished with the old way of thinking but I don't think it matters if, if you're English and you're tarnished if you've got a clear way mm-hmm. get everyone to submit blue papers blueprints mm-hmm. let's see who's got the best one go <laughs> here's a pen
0: we've talked a lot about captaincy on this show I wasn't envisaging that Um I want to talk a little bit about Tim Payne. If you look back at the last Australian captains to win or retain the Ashes in England, it's Chapel, Border, Border, Border Taylor, War, Tim Payne. His name kind of sticks out a little bit. It how does, much how much credit... is his
1: first one he's won. I don't understand the sort of antipathy towards Tim Payne. Yes, he's there got the sniffiness towards yeah, him. Isn't yeah. they're, they're, he's captain because Steve Smith cocked it up. <laughs> but Steve Smith bore the brunt of some lesser intelligent players really messing up, and rightly so. He should have suffered for it. He is captaining that team, and you can tell he's captaining that team. Tim Payne has done a good job, I think. Yep, he's and I Did think at the time when he got the, took the job, he was very humble, very grown up, and and just you know, has moved the team forward. So, yeah, this there is a sniffiness towards him, and I don't like it if mm-hmm. I'm honest. I don't get it, and the very fact that, yeah, what you said there says so his name stands out for me, he's an Australian captain who's won the Ashes. Yes, it's because Steve Smith scored gazillion runs, and he's got a world-class bowling attack. But he still won the Ashes. So, get off his case, everyone.
0: Yeah. Yes. More positively, <laughs> Pat Pat Cummins and Josh Hazlewood have been absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, Cummins especially. He surprised me. I thought he'd be a bit of a one-track pony. Cuckoo ball, bang it in. He is a brilliant bowler. I mean, he
0: gets his wickets in the same way as he does in Australia. He still pitches it, mm. it short, back of the length. He he's, doesn't... A
1: br- he's a very good bowler. And, and Hazelwood, I knew he was, so he's not surprised me. St- I
0: still can't believe that Hazelwood didn't play the first Test match after being rested for the World Cup. you well. of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course.
2: Could I just ask you about Leach, your impressions yes. of him? I like Jack Leach.
1: Um, he's not Shane Warne. He's not, he's not going to necessarily win Test matches in... Flatter conditions, but if you give him a Tony Pitcher on the last day, he will win you a Test match. I'm sure of it. Okay. He does it for Somerset, and okay. we're not blessed
2: with you know. So, so we're looking at a kind of executive Ashley Giles, <laughs> maybe yeah. rather than a poor man's Graham. Well. Um,
1: but he, he, I, I think he's taken to Test cricket well. He's, yeah. Look, the spinners haven't had a massive Ashes because it's been a seam bowl summer, it's, and we're looking out at the Oval now. There's puddles everywhere. It's where it's going to be a seam as last Test as well. Mm-hmm. The one day of this test match a spinner was given the opportunity to win a test Nathan Lyon take your hat off to him bowled really well I don't think he's bowled well in the rest of the ashes if I'm I'm perfectly honest for his standards I don't think Jack's bowled badly at all but he's always bowled at times when it's still seemingly swinging about and not particularly hard to bat against spin bowling so Mm. I think he's a very good option moving forward and I like like the way he plays his cricket as well
0: Would you be tempted to Make bring him captain. <laughs> <laughs> Batting through. Bring bring Moeen back on the side just because of the balance he also brings. He's Moeen's in great... Uh, he he's, he's seems to have found his mojo back at Worcester. Moine brings you
1: brilliant balance to a team when he believes in himself. And when he doesn't, he shakes the whole team off balance. I'd love Moeen Ali to actually know how good he is. Because he never has. He He's never believed in himself. His first summer bowling spin for England against India and he got 20 odd wickets it was brilliant and then all the papers said it would be trickier next year and he believed it he thought it would be harder because people would work him out and watch videos the balls you get wickets with in your first year of test cricket you'll get wickets with in your 10th year of test cricket mm. if you keep bowling them keep believing but I mean there's obviously uh, a, a self confidence issue because he has had to go back to county cricket and he is scoring runs um, and he, he needed to be the second spinner to perform and all that Um that's I'm sorry that's an area that you can't carry in a team in a successful team you can't pander to someone to make it easier for him It's a tough game,
2: and he's more than good enough to do it yeah and he's done it just slight just as an aside as well English spinners under the surface. Matt Parkinson's played one first-class game this year and taking t- 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 10 wickets. Now, I assume... in. I assume he'll be playing the last three for Lancashire. <laughs> but when you've got a bowler like that who rips it, and I remember you saying to me about Moeen two or three years ago, the difference with him is he rips it. He's yeah. kind of untamed. He's not coached. Which is why he was my best option to yeah. Play. yeah. So Parkinson falls into that kind of category to me. He's obviously already a gun T20 player and a 50-over cricketer. But now he's... In his one four-day game this year, he's already taken ten for. We have to start looking at these players, right? Yeah, absolutely. But he should already be on a radar. From you know, the second you play second-team cricket
1: at county, you've gone up through England schools with whatever. The second you're in the professional system, the coaches used to talk. I don't know if they still do. If it's still as, as widespread. I, I played one of my first ever second-team games against Essex, and Alan Butcher. Um, Butch. But Alan Butcher was the, was the player manager for Essex yeah. and then the next week we played someone and their coach came straight to me I didn't even know who this coach was and said um, I was talking to Butcher on the phone and he says you're going to play for England mm-hmm. better not do that against us this week sort of ha 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 and walked off and I thought I didn't even know Alan Butcher knew who I was last yeah. week and it's I don't know yeah, so the whole cricket should know and these names coming up um, you shouldn't get carried away you got 10 in one game he might have bobbed beautifully but it might not
2: that would sure. be a lot of pressure to stick sure. him. Yeah, put him in the last test. But, but it is interesting that he's already their star bowler yeah. and has been for two or three years now in, in pyjama cricket. Yeah. And he's managed four days of first class cricket this yeah. year. So, uh, the, and the, and the fact first... he spins it a lot yeah, is a
1: great starting point yeah.
0: for me. And his first class record, aside for that one game, is also very good. He averages 25 or something in his first class career. I spent a million. So, look,
2: reasons to be cheerful.
0: That's all I'm saying. There
1: are There are lots of reasons to be cheerful. We're not far away from a very good test team. We're mm. muddled. People need to. Back in the right spot, believing themselves, and give Stuart Broad and Geoff Archer a medal.
0: Here um, here. Wait, wait, a bat <laughs> Or on, on on spin bowling. When when you came through, you were at North Ants, Monty came through at a similar time. Jason Brown was there as well. What was it about North Ants that produced Brownie really?
1: doctors pick doctor pitches? Basically, our groundsman used to wear size fourteen boots at Curtly Ambrose left <laughs> while he mowed the pitch. <laughs> I wish I was joking. It got to the point where I could run up, turn around, and throw it over my shoulder. and get a wicket in Northampton, but um. No, it was, played. It was, no, it was, I played with Monty two or three times, not a lot at, at Northlands. Those wickets, we had a lot of good spin bowls. A guy called Michael Davis, for that, who was possibly the best of the four of us, chucked it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's one of my best mates. All right, Dickie. Um he used to wear long sleeve shirts all the time. I mean, turned Classic. it square yeah, because yeah. of the kink in his elbow. He bowled at the <laughs> right time, but he used to have to buy a long sleeve shirt and everything. But he got the yips and then went to Essex and. Ch- Charlie Charles got him with a straight arm and he was never the same bowler again. But we played on wickets that ragged square and they were rock hard as well. Um, and, and did, that, go, did that help you? To, no, two, two, no, two no, people, no, from,
0: Two players from a small county both playing lots for England, that's just a coincidence, you think? And nothing to do with the pitches? Um,
1: no, no. I mean, you, we played for... We have signed as spinners because mm. they wanted both spinners. Um, I think we got lucky, or England got lucky for a while because... We weren't coached, so we didn't ball spin how you taught to ball spin in a book, in the MCC book, or by a coach growing up, which is front two knuckles, opening the doorknob. It was nonsense. I as a fairly stroppy child, I'll call myself. It's a nice way of putting it. I believed that that was completely wrong, because I couldn't turn the ball like that, and I watched Bish and Betty bowl, and he used to turn it off the other knuckle, and then Tim May came, and he ripped his other knuckle, so I tried off that, and I could turn the ball twice as much as anyone else. So I decided no coach knew what they were talking about when I was about eight. But I always went down and I had a lot of self-belief and I believed in myself and it's harder to master control when you spin it more. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go through a period of when you grow different times and growth spurts that other guys were being played ahead of me because their control was better. But I could always turn the ball more. So on my day, I'd rip through teams and on other days, I'd be a shower. But I always believed, and, and I kept doing it, so it became second nature. Monty was in the similar part. I, I just don't think he understood when people tried to coach him on the other way. He could just, but he just could bowl. Yeah. He could run up and bowl the perfect off spinner, or left arm spinner. Mm-hmm. Like when Duncan Fletcher tried to force him to bowl an arm ball, he was useless for a while. <laughs> Bless him. But he could just bowl. And I think that's more the reason we both play at the same time. Um, we're very, we we're undercoached.
2: And that 2012 series, India, what a, mm. what a time that was. Were you, were you one was, end in the other? That was yeah. stunning, wasn't it? I, I was think, out there for two of those, the middle two that we won.
1: I think just the fact that no one expected us to win out there. Yeah. And after the first test, when I had 100 by lunch on day one, <laughs> he hit Brez back over his head for six, <laughs> about an hour before lunch on day one. And um, I remember a Cookie saying... Brez, pull your finger out, mate. bowl as quick as you can. He went, <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, honestly, Sayweb was making everyone look 30 miles an hour. It was ridiculous.
2: Yeah. And after that test, we still won the series. Well, Cook had a Steve Smith winter, didn't he? Basically. Mm. Unstoppable. And you and Monty as well. Yeah. Good days. It did help when, when you got
1: Sachin Dendulkar playing and he's in Monty's pocket. That helps. <laughs>
2: it
0: really does. Um, how, how do you see things going in the final test? Particularly, it's a similar test for the Aussies as Sydney in 2011 was for you. What, was, what were those days like after you'd retained the Ashes after Melbourne before the Sydney test?
1: I, I remember being quite nervous as a whole group before the last test because we didn't want to draw the series. We deserved to win that series outright and it would have been a massive blunting butter knife if it had been too off. So we said no. I was more nervous for that test than the Melbourne one. Really? And the Aussies will feel that this week. They, they, they want to win and
2: that makes them favourites in my eyes. So it's the most alive of the dead rubbers you can get yeah. in a game like yeah. this. Yeah.
1: I
0: don't, don't forget, there are World Test Championship points on Absolutely. the line. Whoa.
1: There are
2: twenty-four of them as well,
1: <laughs>
2: or sixty if you play a two-test
1: yeah. series. Let's yeah, not even bring um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Bangladesh versus New Zealand uh, World Test Championship final. Until years' time,
2: <laughs> did you hear about Afghanistan? Greg? Well, yeah, oh, no, are the top of the tree. No. They probably are. Yeah. Did they beat Bangladesh? They beat Bangladesh. Yes, yeah. Yeah. in the Chittagong, sensational wow. performance. Yeah, I tell you, what, you have to be a.
1: Amazing team to win in Chittagong. This is it. Not it's, many hu- do. it's hard to go there and take ten wickets. It was, it
2: was a re- Talk us through it, yes.
0: <laughs> it's a really good finish. So they got going to the last day. Bangladesh um was six down, two hundred and fifty to win. But then but then it rained all day. Yeah. And then they only had eighteen overs to take the last four wickets and, and they did with uh three and a half overs to spare. Rashi Khan took eleven wickets and scored a fifty on his catch I'll tell you what debut. they
1: did during that day. They watch Ben Stokes's in they believe <laughs> anything yeah. is possible. The next generation of Test Cricket honestly they'll be chasing 800 to win Test matches in <laughs> a canter and they'll all have ginger hair and tattoos.
2: I think that might be our first proper mention of Stokesy all day as well. That's, yeah, that's got to be a record.
0: We've, 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 got, we've got to finish obviously with Thailand. Um, naturally. Naturally. Congrats sir, to Thailand for qualifying for their first ever World Cup a 10 team World Cup no less. They will play in next year's Women's T20 World Cup in Australia.
2: Swanee's nodding sagely. Yeah. That is a happy ending to the show. Yeah,
0: it is. Well, well, cheers, guys. This has been the Wizard Cricket Weekly Podcast cheers, in association chaps. with Thank Betfair. You. Thanks for listening, folks. And if you haven't already subscribed, and tell your friends. Sports Social Podcast Network.